you don't know it by now, I can be a bit controversial on how I handle my business and in how I coach other designers about their business. Running a design firm or any small business for that matter is not a one-size-fits-all wrapped up in a pretty bow. It's about building the framework from the ground up and having a solid foundation that will make it recession-proof. The Design Paradigm is a comprehensive and powerful coaching program for interior designers wanting a challenge and looking to grow. It has epic twists and turns in the way you might think about business. If you are a little rebellious in thought, want to win it, avoid groupthink, don't care what others are doing, and want a sustainable business over the long haul that makes you stand out, then the design paradigm is the right place for you. We will be a partner in reimagining and refocusing your business from the ground up. Find out more at theinteriordesignparadigm.com. There is a powerful punch of mojo when you can honestly say, I am not for everyone. Not with arrogance, but with conviction. Not with attitude, but with assurance. And that's okay with me. I only need the clients who are right for us, and so do you. Stop chasing the ones who are not right for you. Listen to them if they say you are too expensive, as you are for them. But above all, practice embracing confident humility. Welcome to the Damn Good Designer Podcast. Join host Cheryl and Liz the visionary and integrator balancing all the moving parts of a full-service interior design firm. Get ready for a wild ride as they challenge the norms, challenge the industry, and challenge you with damn good truths about what success looks like today. Now your hosts. Welcome back, design world. Liz and I are here to bring you another episode of the Damn Good Designer podcast. And I want to say before we get after it today, thank you. Thank you for the emails and the messages and the kind words about the podcast. We really appreciate it. This is a new gig for us. Definitely not uh, professionals here, but we are learning as we go what you like, what you don't, and what you want to hear more about. So don't be afraid to drop us a review and let us know for sure or email us at say yes at damngooddesigner.com. We appreciate that or go to the website damngooddesigner.com and let us know. And I hope to see you in our small business think big Facebook group as well. Okay, let's get going with it though. Today, we are going to switch it up a bit and we're gonna to talk to you about why your client should not hire you. That's right, why they should not hire you today or next week or whatever. You think we're gonna lose a few people here, Liz? I'm just not sure. <laughs> it's a little bit of a reverse psychology here, I think, in terms of how we're yeah, thinking about all this, which is always I good. Love. It's good to flip it on its head sometimes. That's right. I love a little psychology. You know how that goes. Okay, believe it, people. And it's no sales gimmick either. It really isn't. It's about being real. It really is. And disarming people with an approach not expected sometimes really can work beautifully when it's done honestly. It's the sincerity that works to relax people enough to be opening to listening. Because, you know, some people are just really tight. You know what I'm saying? And this is what uh, that is a great idea if you just want people just to relax, just relax a little bit. I'm not trying to sell you here or anything else. And the truth is, is not every designer is a good fit for every client, both economically or aesthetically. And it's okay. It really is okay. You will gain more respect by the truth rather than a bunch of I'm the answer to all your problems dialogue. I mean, truly, it is something that I think that maybe we just all need to relax a little bit sometimes, Liz. I mean, I don't know. That's just kind of yeah. what I'm feeling today. Yeah, it's important, I think, to not be too overeager when it comes to new discovery calls and leads coming in because ultimately, 
the stability that you have in your business is really what you should be about. And you don't want to be having to kind of overcompensate or feel like you're totally stretching out on a limb to try to accommodate the leads coming in because that might not be your best wheelhouse and it may not pan out for you once you really get engaged in um, the conversation or in the consult meeting. Yeah. So it's a little bit of a double-edged approach there. Sometimes you're just trying to relax people. Sometimes you really just have to let it go that you're not going to be right for everybody. And that's okay. So Cheryl, the easy chair psychologist is back today. And we're going to talk about this and, and really tell you some of the reasons why clients shouldn't hire you. And it's just, it's not as crazy as it seems. We're often making proposals to a client who's apprehensive about working with an interior designer in the first place, right? Or, or they're, they're just got a little bit of, maybe they've never used a designer before something like that. I think sometimes presenting the negatives can make it as much harder for your client to think of any themselves. If you're bringing up the objections first, it makes them a lot easier to overcome it. And then they're seeing, because sometimes I think, Liz, too, the objections aren't really objections. They're just people trying to get to understand it, understand the process a little bit more. And I know this is sort of a weird, ironic and strange thing, but it's actually true. The resulting conversation about the positives can really be that much more impactful when the negatives are all out on the table. Absolutely. And you're really kind of giving people the opportunity to engage in that conversation about concerns they might have or asking them, is this really what you think is going to be best for you? Because sometimes they don't know what they don't know, as we always say, but also there is kind of a misunderstanding between the industry and different designers and different people who work in other facets of this business in terms Mm -hmm. of residential Mm -hmm. designers and all of that. And you want to make sure that whoever it is that this client is hiring is going to be a good fit for them, but also that they really understand what it is that they're asking for, number one, and how it is that you really cater to that if you do at all. Yeah, yeah. And and I think sometimes leading with these limitations of a sorts can be construed as you knowing enough to not get in over your head. And I think that makes you look pretty damn smart, honestly, smart enough to know what you know. And then again, what you don't know, like you just said. Mm-hmm. And of course, I mean, we're our goal and because we're in a small town, too, I think this is especially kind of poignant for us and everyone we interact with is to make sure that even when we're talking to a lead or someone who might be engaging with us for a new project and we know it's not really a good fit or we can tell that really what they need is not going to be a good fit for our more robust full service approach. We want to make sure that they understand that it's not a big deal. It's not a fault. We'd still love for them to come into the shop or keep us posted on their project. But the truth is that we want them to find the best fit because we're going to be getting engaged with all sorts of different clients. And you always want people to have a good experience from the get go. Yeah. And it's a small town. So it's super important. And and this establishing this trust is key to any strong working relationship. And sometimes if you just upfront admit that you're not going to be the best designer or the best fit for them, you're doing better. And pointing out the areas that may not be in your wheelhouse doesn't mean you won't get the job either. Sometimes you can assemble a team to get it. I think it's just important to be to be upfront about it, to really to be upfront about it and not to overpromise and that sort of thing. And you know, we do the team thing a lot. We don't pretend to be the complete solution, but more like the driving force of the solution. I mean, wouldn't that be a good way to, to phrase it, Liz? 
Certainly. And we treat the discovery call as this really great opportunity to get to understand the people that we're talking to and to really qualify whether or not it's going to be a good fit for us. So if we can help them to gain a better understanding of what it is that needs to come next or say to them, this is something that I really need to ponder. I think this could be a good opportunity, but we might need to kind of collaborate with such and such or figure out this piece of the puzzle. Let me do some research and talk to our owner and get back to it. There have been plenty mm-hmm. of instances where I've said that so that it gives me a little bit of space to really ascertain how it is that we need to take next steps. Yeah, or maybe I'll have a, an idea or something that might work for them and refer people out too if we if we can't be the total solution for them. But I think talking about the potential objections or concerns gets a discussion on the table up front. And that I'm all about the upfront part of it. I like to talk about the money up front, like to talk about the objections up front, all that sort of thing. I mean, I'm a salesperson. Let's let's admit it. It's just the way it is. And and I think that you can't really deal with objections that are not expressed, right? Any sales, whether it's selling your expertise or selling your creative skills or selling a pet rock, there's going to be objections. I mean, bringing them up yourself, for God's sakes, and then address them. And honestly, being arrogant is a major turnoff. I mean, that just is, oh, I cannot stand that. It's the the used car salesman type of mentality or something about it. I, I don't really like that. I think being upfront about it just makes you have like sort of this easy confidence. And, and especially when your audience has their protective shield up expecting attempts to be persuaded when they're looking, you know, they're thinking and they've got that, oh, they're going to try and sell me kind of thing going on. Admitting some of the downsides to hiring you in a sense is making you look smarter by acknowledging those limitations up front. It's it's the same thing with people talk to us about commercial work. I mean, we don't do a lot of commercial work. We do limited commercial work and we're not gonna get involved in a lot of commercial work. And I don't have a problem saying that to people and not trying to be all things to all people. Right. We just recently had someone actually get in touch about a kitchen remodel. And what was interesting about it is that she right off the bat said, you know, this is what I want to do for cabinetry. And I've got this contact through my company. And she really kind of knew or, or seemed to have a good sense of kind of aesthetically what she was looking for, but she just wanted that kind of like vote of confidence. And mm-hmm. there, of course, are certain ways that we can cater to this in, in other types of services, but being able to ask what that means to people and really get a better handle on what it is that they're trying to accomplish in contacting you gives you this leg up when it comes to analyzing how you're going to engage in that conversation, how helpful you want to be in terms of providing them with maybe an alternative thought about what it is that they're looking to do and really identifying for them. This is why we typically handle projects this way. But if you're looking to do that, this might not be the best fit for you so that you can give them some context, just like you would provide rationale for a new design concept. You want them to understand that you're thinking about what it is that they're saying. Right. And it's it's not like we're saying this because we don't want the job or something like that. I mean, because a lot of people like, how do I get rid of this lead or whatever? I, I'm not really even talking about that. I'm talking about more about just being honest about where you are in your journey and, and what you're doing and what you're not doing and all that kind of thing. And, and here's another one. If you're new to design, admit it. Admit it. I mean, it's okay. It's okay to tell a client up front, you're new. Do not let them be the ones to find out when you can't handle something. You'd be surprised at how many people really will and do want to hire somebody that's new and fresh and eager and all that. I used to always be that way with real estate agents. I would go after, because I've bought and sold a lot of property in my day, and I will tell you, I 
always liked the newer agents because they were always very aggressive and very assertive. And they really wanted to please you. And they really wanted to win it. And they really wanted to sell that, that out. That makes a lot you know? of sense. That's and a good tip. It that's does. A great tip. It does. It really is. And I think that that sometimes you can turn that into an advantage by emphasizing your fresh training, your new eye, or, or your eagerness to do a great job. You can find positives. And sometimes simply the enthusiasm is impressive. I've always liked hiring newer people in certain situations, not just the real estate agents at other times. Part of it is, I think, because I love small businesses and I want to give people a leg up. But I will tell you, I have never been let down by a newer real estate agent. I really haven't. And maybe because also I have a lot of experience in it that I know that I'm not going to get into trouble with that because they're hungrier and they want to please. And I think that, you know, for us, because we're very experienced, we're going to hang our hat on that. I am for sure going to make that a very big deal about what's important. But if you don't have 23 years of experience, then you're not going to be able to do that. And you just have to look at it from a different take. You have to think about it slightly differently. That's all. I guess per usual, we're back to that whole positioning conversation, which really is strategic, no matter what it is that you're doing, no, no matter who it is that you're talking about. Being able to understand those dynamics is absolutely a part and a critical piece of not just having people call in and you have this robo response to Mm -hmm. what it is that you need to say about your services and setting a consult and all that business. I mean, Cheryl jokes with me sometimes, but it really is important to me to kind of get a good sense of people. And I like to spend 25 minutes sometimes or so with people when they're first getting in touch. Sometimes she'll tell me, get it moving and get off the phone. I'm I'm going over when she was in the same... Yeah. When she's in the same office, I'm going over there giving her the like the cutting at the neck yeah. kind of thing going, okay, wrap it up, Liz, wrap this up. We have like 15 meetings to go to. We have this, we have that. And the funny right. thing about that is that honestly, is that they keep the phone away from me when the lead calls in because I'm the one <laughs> that is as big as I talk. And as much as I'm going to say like, oh yeah, this is the way we do it. And these are our process. And these are our ways we're going to qualify this lead and all that kind of thing. I'm the one who's like, well, you know, she was just such a nice lady on the phone. I just, I <laughs> right. know that it's a really small job, Liz. And I know that we really don't have time to get it done before Christmas, but you know, I kind of told her we would. So I'm really, for years, I have been kept away from the telephone when it comes to that. And here's another example of this that we're talking about. If you're not a contractor, say that too. We say it in our contract. We say it in our scope of work. We we say it all the time, but you need to say it. If you're getting into new construction or a big remodel and know you can handle it, but you want to make sure the client remembers you are not a contractor, say it up front. I am not a contractor, Mrs. Umpty Dump, and do not play one on TV, and I do not try to pretend to be one, even if some days we seem to have more of an idea of what's going on than they do. I mean, you don't have to mention all that quite yet, but I can guide you in decisions to be made in a timely manner so we do not hold the contractor up or delay the job or leave you with a poorly executed design. My experience, Mrs. Humpty Dump, allows me to have this inside knowledge to help you navigate the language and the basic tenets of the building process. These are the things that you can turn around. I can turn around any anything I can turn it around. I can turn around, you give me a statement and like, I would love that (laughs) game show. Turn this statement around and make it into a positive because everything I think can be spun a little bit. The art of the Mm -hmm. dance, the art of the spin. I think that's really important. Liz knows that, right? You know, we have the art of the spin going on, right? Sometimes. Oh yeah. And I think that that type of commentary and that, that sort of kind of approach to kind of protecting yourself in a bit, but also being very clear and direct I mean, those are the type of Mm -hmm. things that I think stick with people. There are so many little 
Sherylisms that our clients carry through and they'll throw them in the review or they'll throw them into emails when they respond back because they don't want to say something matches or this or that. Yeah. But those type of comments, no. you know, we're not the contractor. <laughs> that is not what we do. The design process for us is about the experience that we're not just here to pick out your paint colors and all of that. Those type of thoughts, we really want to drive home to people in a clear and concise way because it helps them start to re-educate themselves on what it is that they're engaging in in the process with us. And it helps them understand too that they're getting a lot more, a lot more value and a lot more attention when they're hiring a firm yes. like ours. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. I think that's that's a super important point to make there. And here's another classic one for me personally too, I might say, if you might annoy a contractor with your diligence and your attentiveness to following the plan, simply own that. It's okay just to say that. It really is. It's okay to say, I might be kind of a pain in the ass and the contractor might not always like it. If you're not the touchy-feely type who might absolutely ruffle some feathers because you believe in doing your job, then say it up front. I mean, go ahead and address that. Address it before a sub or contractor tells the client that you have upset a sub by making him tear out a row of tile or in some other way have said, questioned something that they have done. You know, go ahead and strike first. What is that? The, the best offense is the way a good offense is the it's best defense. defense. Isn't that, isn't that, you know, yeah, I'm getting my my analogies mixed up, but you know what I'm saying. And, and I think that that is, but that's important, right? It's just to go ahead and own it because we are going to do that. And even though Liz might be appear to be the nice one of the two, actually, she is pretty tough on subs sometimes. And I think that addressing that up front and letting people know, and, and also that we have the gravitas behind us to be able to say that's not the way that it needs to be done here or whatever, if it comes to that, I think is important. So sometimes I think it's important to let people know up front that you might ruffle a feather or two and say something maybe like, don't hire my firm if you want someone who gets along on the job all the time, because we might not. We believe in plans being done to this exacting level and then for the subs and contractors to actually follow them. If something mm -hmm. goes wrong, we're there to help but it doesn't mean that we're going to be voted most popular people on the job site all the time. And then you end with something that we left that high school popularity contest a few years back or whatever. I mean, you can make it funny and, and sort of address it at the same time, I think. And, and I think you do that on discovery calls too, don't you? I mean, I've heard you say things oh, yeah. to that effect. I mean, not saying we're, Hey, we're like heavy handed or something like that. We're certainly <laughs> not. I mean, that's not right. the case, but I think that I've heard you address that a few times on discovery calls. Yeah. I mean, it's important. I don't know. I mean, it's funny because this just happened last night on the call that I was on um, with that guy in Navarre and it's important. Which I need to, to hear about, by the way, people. because you didn't ever text me about that. I got, well, and I, I got wanted all, to hear about that. It was that a busy like, evening. Okay. But, right. um, Go it's, ahead. I just think it's, there's a certain amount of kind of attitude that you have to bring to the table when you're talking to a new lead and you really have to calm yourself and figure out how you're going to read that person and decide how you're going to approach them. You know, this guy was a little more calm, mm -hmm. you know, he was real lackadaisical about how he talked and, you know, Cheryl always says she's got to take like, you know, the mental Valium or whatever it is. It's like, you have to kind of play to who you're speaking to, but what you really have to consider too, is you want to be honest and level-headed and sound like you know what you're talking about and there are certain things that we just won't stand for and 
there have been many times where we'll, we've said to clients, we'll get this wrapped up by Friday or we'll do this or we'll do that. And we might check in on Friday and say, you know what, we need another couple hours to work through this and we've got a meeting. So we're going to need to get this to you this weekend or whatever it happens to be, because it's important for us to make sure that we're doing the best job that we can by them. And I think that being able to preface that and help them understand that we're not just dolly decorators, that we've got something more to offer is really what resounds with them when they're first hiring us, when they're first getting us engaged in the consult, because they see that enthusiasm in the way that we mm -hmm. operate. Right. And, and what you're doing with that is just communicating up front. Again, this, right. maybe we should have retitled this, like, get it all out up front, you know, get, get all these manage, managing expectations. I will say that we, we manage expectations probably better than anyone I have ever seen. That is something that spent a lot of time doing. And I think it's because we are putting ourselves in their shoes and that sort of thing. And, and so that's important. It's important. And also, I think it's, it's super important to go back to this objections thing is to get those objections out on the table. I mean, bring them up. I mean, go ahead. And, and that allows your client to feel a sense of relief that, you know, you know what you don't, you do know, but you also know what you don't know. And the added plus for you to be able to sell why you still are a good choice for the project. Why let those objections sometimes kind of hide behind there a little bit? I don't, I don't know that that really has to be done. And I can promise you there are many former clients who who might tell a possible referral, you know, boy, that Cheryl and her team are wickedly talented, but they also do not suffer fools gladly. I mean, so right. it that that gets out there to people because they know that that's we're okay owning all that. We have had many, many leads call and say, you know what? I need you on this job because I need to get it done. And I have heard that that's what Cheryl is about. And it's, again, it's, is a good reputation to have because we are very honest and we're very on it. We know what we're doing when it comes to all of that. And if people don't feel like they need that, that's okay. Again, we're not for them. Yeah, that's okay. I mean, I, and I think that part of that is that that reputation is that, you know, Cheryl's a little bit of a bull in a china shop sometimes, you know, but she doesn't miss a thing or you'll love Liz. She's the greatest, but she'll be on those subs like white on rice, that sort of thing. And I'll tell you, I, I wrote this down so that I wouldn't forget it to hear my favorite passage in a review from a client, a client that I think early on was a little apprehensive about like this building a new house and all of that and feeling like very overwhelmed by the contractor and the contractor having her telling her what to do and not feeling like she had any support or any anything like that. I don't know if my mama's going to be proud of this review or, uh, you know, but I was, and this was just one part of it too. But listen to this oh, because this really one. gives you that idea of where clients, you know, are coming from. Cheryl's a sassy, wildly creative, mad bulldog genius of a human being. And I tear up a bit when I think about all she has done for us. Whoever reads this needs to know that the, with that, know the following without a shadow of a doubt. Hiring Cheryl and her team would be the smartest and absolute best decision or investment you could ever make into a home building or home renovation process. I hardly ever write reviews. And again, I thought for a very long time about how to convey the admiration, appreciation, respect I have for these women. They have truly made a dream come true. Period. End of story. Bravo in detail. We love you forever. Now, y'all, that's a review. And that is only one paragraph of an entire review that if you want to go to my house profile, you can see the whole thing because, of course, I have that tagged as the featured review because it was so good. <laughs> I mean, that is just when you can get a client to really 
come out and say those things is just, it's really wonderful. I mean, it truly is. And, and this will be something I carry next to my heart forever. But I think that she is addressing that, this mad bulldog genius of a human being. I mean, what she's saying is, there, is that there were times where the contractor and I went toe to toe because I needed to be able to do that. And I think that it's okay sometimes just to address that up front if you own that, if that is your personality. And I've coached a lot of y'all, so I know that that is a lot of your personalities. And I think that we don't need to put some fancy lipstick on that. It's okay to be who you are. That's what I would say about that. And from the get-go, from a discovery call perspective or the consultation meeting, I think that those type of examples or those type of kind of responses and little phrases that we throw in that associate what we do with something that is very much about making sure that the client is advocated for is such a value. Because again, Mm -hmm. it's not necessarily something that someone who reaches out to you and says, oh, I need to refresh my kitchen. It's not going to be the thing that they're thinking about. They're not going to have that type of context 99% of the time to know that that's part of what they want in their team. But those are the type of opportunities for you to really facilitate more of a conversation about what you're about, what they're expecting, and whether or not they even think you're going to interact with the contractor to begin with. Yeah, I, th- I think that's those are all really good points. And, and that is the the idea is getting it all out front and talking to a client about it and really addressing the things that may or may not be important to them. I mean, there's probably some clients that, that probably wouldn't want to work with us. I mean, I may be too much for a few people and that's, you know, that's okay, you know. And along those same lines, remember, we've talked in another podcast about clients being a little bit afraid of creativity. There was a previous episode, I don't remember which one, but I can put it in the show notes. But if a concept or an idea is too too original, or if you are too original, okay, you can sometimes struggle with people really understanding it. And this is when you can sometimes invoke something familiar to lead them to an understanding in baby steps, and more likely to accept it too. If you're too much, if you're if your show is too big for them, then that's probably not going to happen. But sometimes I think that people do get a little weird about things that they think that you are going to make them do some wild thing, like you're going to paint your ceiling. Oh my God, you know, that's so crazy. It's all that sort of thing. It's just, and this is no different on an initial consult or a discovery call. The key point here is you're trying to build an alliance with this lead or this new consult for their benefit, for their benefit, so you can help them. And if that means that you need to invoke something familiar or kind of ease them into it, or like Liz said, maybe take the mental volume. I mean, you can let me know because I've got a prescription for that mental volume. Sometimes I have to do the Zen kind of thing. You know, Cheryl has to go into her Zen mode because I'm a lot sometimes to take for certain clients. I mean, I think that the our ideal client loves that enthusiasm and we cultivate that with people. But I fully recognize since I'm of a certain age, and I've always been this way, that sometimes that's going to be too much for them. So we don't want people getting into something that they don't know. But I think that you can sort of modulate a little bit your actions to somebody. You don't have to to hide who you are, but to modulate that, but also to remember that you're trying to build this alliance with the lead. So, or, or the consult or, you know, wh- whatever it is, the new person right. you're trying to talk to that's not a client yet. And by doing that, you want to maybe invoke a little bit of something that makes them feel more comfortable or more familiar or something like that. Stick with me on this psychology of sales thing, because I got it. I got it together. I'm thinking... 
after the last couple of days, maybe I need to go to D.C. and help those poor suckers on both sides of the aisle form an alliance, too, because they don't seem to be doing a very good job of it. But that's probably another podcast entirely. But they definitely need some of that or maybe some therapy or something like that. But this is something that's really important to us is making people feel comfortable, I think. But without denying who we are as a team. Is that fair? Yeah, I think that's such a valid point to make. And of course, you want to believe that everything's gonna you get all these like, we get it all excited when we see a new lead come through. And, and then maybe you start talking to them, and it doesn't really seem like maybe it's quite what you thought it was, or they're using some words that are making you kind of think, Oh, I'm not sure about this. Now, there is so much that you can really gain in terms of being able to reflect some questions back to them. So that you can start to build that back up and figure out, okay, so where are we going to take this? How do you want to see this come together? And, and what are the ways that we can cater to some of these concerns that you have? Because for us, this could be a really great project. We're excited to be able to transform a space and to really talk about it soup to nuts and to identify everything from stem to stern that you're going to need. That's what we're best at. That's what you're going to get the best out of us for. So let's talk a little bit more about this scope and how you're planning to phase this workout. You know, would you consider that it might be to your benefit that you handle it this way instead of that? Because again, a lot of people come with preconceived notions. Yeah, you know, they, they do. don't totally understand. And for us, we want to be able to turn that sale. We want to turn it into something good if we feel like we can do that. So it is about being able to get them there, mentally get them there. Yeah. Yes. Again, but we're not trying to sell them. So, you know, when people say mindset is everything, I mean, it's the truth, really. It really is the truth. I mean, think about it. Before you walk into a meeting, you get on that call or whatever, tell yourself that no matter how good a performance you put on today, your end goal isn't really to make a sale. You're not really trying to make a sale. You're trying to help somebody. You're trying to help somebody. You are trying to help this person figure it out. Just like Liz was talking about a second ago, when you're you're helping them, when you educate them a little bit on, well, you know, I know that you want to do it this way or you think you want to do this way, but have you thought about this or have you thought about that or whatever? All of this is really helping them make decisions. And I think your end goal should be to learn, to convey credibility and to hopefully build some some truly authentic trust build that trust. And sometimes building that trust means admitting you don't know what you don't know, or, or that you're not the contractor, or you are a new designer or any of that. And just being freaking yourself and honest about it and, and truly legitimately curious about the problems they present to you and be thinking about options that don't actually involve you or your product. I mean, maybe that's the case because there's been plenty of times where I've said, I don't really think you need a designer for this. I really, I think that this is something that is not really necessary, a necessary expense for you or whatever, when you're talking about people or when someone comes in and they say that I have $20,000 and I want to redo this kitchen. I'm like, I know it's burned a hole in your pocket and you want to do this, but it's really not the right time for you to do that. I, I have talked yeah. myself out of more jobs that way by being honest and be authentic and building that trust. But that is also what has made our reputation what it is today. And sometimes if you are coming at it by being legitimately curious and and really trying to be of service to this person that's on the phone, it is going to come back to you. I mean, Gary Vee talks about it. Adam Graham talks about it. Being helpful and being uh, or being of service or just giving there's I really it's more about the giving. You know, I don't think you can really go wrong. I mean, granted, 
Liz, you've got a limit on your giving time, okay? There's sometimes, you know, it can go on for a little bit longer than maybe than you need to when you've got other things going on or whatever. But the the other thing I was gonna say is the other day I was looking at some materials a coaching client sent me that this script that she said we were talking about like what are you doing for discovery call, et cetera, et cetera. She was relatively new, a few years into it. I think I talked about this earlier with you, Liz. But they um, this discovery call she got for free, 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 I think. I don't think she paid for anything and it's one of those things, you know, give me your email, I'll do this for free. And every bit of it was focused on the designer telling the lead all about their services. That's what somebody is actually coaching somebody to do. It's all about, well, if you want this, then this is what we do and what we do this. Nowhere in this so-called script did it say anything about listening. It didn't say anything about listening let alone trying to convey credibility or being curious about the problems they present or any of those things, or God forbid, talking about an option doesn't actually involve you or your product or whatever. I mean, it wasn't like that at all. And I was just, I was really kind of gobsmacked by it. I I read it and I I sent it to Liz and I was like, I mean, really? I mean, is this the kind of stuff that's that's out there? I mean, I I wouldn't know. I've never worked for anybody else. And and this is just somebody that was giving me, because it's part of our intake process to, to, to a new designer that we're coaching, is to find out, like, what have you been doing? What's happening? And she just happened to send this to me. It was just kind of crazy. And this just isn't the way, y'all. This isn't the way. Listening is the biggest gift you can give yourself and someone else that you are trying to help. That's the way I feel about it. Yeah, it goes back to that one of those first comments that you made when we started this podcast and just this idea that you really have an opportunity to identify with someone in a more productive way when you're first speaking with them. And a lot of that groundwork that you do is going to facilitate a better, more productive working relationship when it comes to them being your client. But you have to slow down and acknowledge that it is not just about saying yes, 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 and here's all the things that I do, and don't you want to hire me? You have to listen. You have to be able to hear what that person's saying and mm-hmm. really get dug in there a little bit, even when you don't have a ton of time to be able to go through it all, because that sort of opportunity not only facilitates a better response out of them, but it gives you that intel that's going to help you qualify them. And you just can't do your job right, certainly not mm-hmm. if you want to do this long term for big clients and big projects without having that sort of context and that awareness of yourself. Right, right. And I, I, I think that's absolutely true. And, and then the ultimate on it is really understanding that you're just not really for everybody. And, and that's okay. You know, that's, that's okay about it. I mean, you really, you really can. But I think when you approach it from a this legitimately curious sort of perspective of hearing what they want to say and then being honest and authentic about whether you're right for them or not or or really telling them why they shouldn't hire you maybe. I mean, part of it is, again, sort of a, a tactic in the sense that you're disarming somebody by addressing the, getting the objections out up front or addressing all of this. But the flip side to that, the benefit to that is really that you're you're being very authentic about it and, you're, and you are talking about it up front and really can address whatever they may want to talk about. I mean, it's just, it's some Sometimes just really smart to step back a little bit and listen and not try to sell all the time and just being very frank with somebody. I think that sometimes we get a little bit away from that. Okay, Liz, is there anything else you want to wrap up here before we get to our damn good truth? No, I think, you know, we've covered it. Say it all. We went all over the place today. We went around the world here and all over the place. But here is our damn good truth. There is a powerful punch of mojo when you can honestly say, I am not for everyone, not with arrogance, 
but with conviction, not with attitude, but with assurance. And that's okay with me. I only need the clients who are right for us. And so do you. Stop chasing the ones who are not right for you. Listen to them if they say you are too expensive as you are for them. But above all, practice embracing confident humility. What is that? Being secure in what you do know and where your skills are, but be able to admit where you not as strong also. That's what confident humility is all about. And we all could use a little more confident humility sometimes. All right, you guys, thank you so much for being here. We really appreciate it. Go to damngooddesigner.com if you are interested at all in hearing more about what we have to say and and talk about. And the blog is going to be back on there soon. We're going through a little website redo. So um, that's being done. I think some of those uh, posts are out, but there's a lot more information and we really appreciate you being here. Thank you. Bye, y'all. Until next time, stay bold, stay inspired, and keep embracing your bag girl spirit. If you've enjoyed today's show, head over to join the community at damngooddesigner.com to continue the conversation and sign up for our newsletter. 